back to the Conversations As You Go podcast. We've just been having this great conversation with Ayla Tazzy from Africa as he took us through last week of the idea of uh, uh, what is a disciple and multiplication and finished so brilliantly with the idea of uh, uh, a disciple is someone who simply obeys the commands of Jesus and also uh, this idea of simple faith. Uh, one thing that struck me from the last podcast is the idea God can do this. And it starts with a, with the, the seed of faith, the mustard seed of faith, that God can work in our context. And if you haven't listened to that last podcast before this one, I encourage you, go back and listen to that one because it will encourage your heart. Welcome back again, Ayla. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Thank you. Ayla, um, as we continue the, the conversation, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on prayer and the role of prayer in movements. And um, we hear a lot about the need for um, passionate, long prayer, but I'm just wondering some, some reflections on prayer and what is prayer, the role of prayer, and the role of the Holy Spirit in movements. Would you maybe unpack that from your, your experience? Okay, thank you so much, um, uh, uh, brother. You know, when I looked at uh, movement, uh, most of movement or many movement, even Jesus' movement, started at the place of prayer. And um, when we look at Jesus' ministry, he started with the prayer. Even he didn't call his disciples before he went to pray. And then after he came uh, from prayers, he identified they appointed them. Jesus continued to pray in his three-year earthly ministry. And I think the thing that he's still doing for us now back in heaven is praying for the church or praying for us. Now, the role of prayer is critical in movement because movement starts from the place of prayer. Um, that's why we engage with God. That's why we listen to God. That's why it shows our dependency on God. And so prayer is not a program. Prayer is a lifestyle of a disciple. That is why uh, Jesus, his life was about prayer. He wasn't struggling to pray because prayer, prayer is being in relationship with the Father. You talk to the Father. You listen to the Father. You stay in the will of the Father. Today, what we've done with the prayer is to make formalized prayer into, into a program, just like any other religion. People go for prayer. Uh, people attend prayer programs. And I think prayer, even from the life of Jesus, but also the life of the early church and the early disciples, they always pray. And in our training, in, our, in my own practice of prayer, I looked at prayer in three different ways. One, I looked at prayer from what Jesus said as continuous prayer. I think Paul wrote that one in, uh, if I'm not wrong, First Thessalonians 5. They're praying without ceasing. They start scriptures, they're praying always. In all contexts, in all situations, the scripture would require us, would call us to be praying. And then we call that one, so I call that one continuous prayer. Secondly, I call it concentrated prayer. And that's prayer and fasting. Jesus did prayer and fasting for a specific thing. Uh, spending time with God. These are not just religious obligations. These are lifestyle of Jesus. Fast and pray, he would call us. And then I call it scheduled prayers. 
We read that one in Acts 3. Paul and sorry, John, Peter and John going to the temple at you know at certain time. We see in, in Acts chapter 10, Cornelius plays specific time. I think Daniel we see him doing three times a day. How can we design our life around prayers? Whether it is continuous prayer, concentrated prayer, and scheduled prayer. That means our life. Uh, our life becomes, uh, prayer becomes our lifestyle. And so if we engage with God through this kind of discipline in our prayer life, communication and relationship, I'm sure we'll be able to, to hear and understand, hear God and, 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 and be obedient. Today the problem that we have is since we don't pray uh, or stay in relationship with God through prayers, we don't listen, we don't hear. Even when God speaks, because we are so much distracted, uh, we can't hear. So for movement, it is important that any disciple maker, anybody who is a disciple, as part of a lifestyle, prayer becomes key. Whether you have a morning prayer, midday prayer, even depending on how you design or how you discipline your life around prayers. That's the only way that we'll be able to, to hear God. Today, prayer has become a program, and because it's a program, people feel like, I've not attended prayer meeting. So it is a prayer meeting rather than living a prayer life. Whether you attended a corporate prayer, we still need that. So we have to come together to pray. That's fine. That's a corporate prayer. But individually, as a disciple of Jesus, we need to have a discipline of developing a prayer lifestyle, a lifestyle of of conversation. So for me, movement comes out of that. Um, and and uh, we see that the book of Acts clearly about that. One of the key internal dynamics of the uh, early church in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the scripture says that they committed themselves, and one of it is prayer. And so if we really want to see movement happen, then like the early church, as we read in Acts chapter 2, we, we have to commit ourselves to prayers. Hmm. That's fantastic. I'm just wondering if I can just go a little bit further with this question. Um, in some church cultures, they have a very defined way of experiencing the Holy Spirit and what is the baptism of the Spirit and uh, how, you know, you can, in some, some church cultures, which I don't believe this, but they say you can only have experienced the Holy Spirit if you speak in tongues. But, um, um, just go a little bit deeper for us and say, what is the experience of the Holy Spirit in prayer? Not just the experience, the role of the Holy Spirit in his interaction within us and in us. From your experience, how has the Holy Spirit spoken to you and worked and empowered you uh, in the movement? Yeah, yes. Your earlier question was, I, I want to, you know, I want to really look at the scriptures before I share my experience. We see in Acts chapter 2 at the birth of the church clearly the role of the Holy Spirit. We see that. And it was an act of the Holy Spirit, or we call it the act of apostles, but I see in the book of Acts the act of the Holy Spirit. From the coming of the Holy Spirit on the church, the experience that they had on the day of Pentecost, the gift that was given to the church, and even the leading of the church 
into going for mission as we read in Acts chapter 13. And clearly said, while they were worshiping and praying, the Bible says the Holy Spirit said in Acts chapter 13, and says, separate for me Paul and Barnabas. And then as you continue going further down, the scripture says, they went as they were sent by the Holy Spirit. The scripture doesn't say it was only the church sent them. The church identified, laid their hands on them, but they were sent by the Holy Spirit. The early church was led, was spoken to by the Holy Spirit. And so the the spiritual experiences that we have today, the, we so much talk about the giftings without uh, talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the guidance that the Holy Spirit leads us. He speaks to us, He leads us, He guides us. Those are all the roles of the Holy Spirit in the lives of a believer. Uh, it's not only speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues, those are gifts. And, and, and uh, people argue back and forth so much around that. But for me, those are experiences. So, and and we, it's, it's biblical and we see that. But what I'm talking here is how can a believer, even having received the Holy Spirit, be led, be guided by the Holy Spirit? And, and as you, 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 you have the Holy Spirit inside you being led, and the Holy Spirit will give you all kinds of gifts. It's, 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 it's so clear. The Lord Jesus gave the gifts, but the gifts of the Holy Spirit are just so much. I don't want to go into details into that. But people, uh, of course, along the denominational line, sometimes argue whether you need to speak in that or need to speak in tongues. Um, I, I think... I leave it to the place where I said the Holy Spirit give gifts as he wants. This is not the decisions of, of us as a church. It's, it's the Holy Spirit who give gifts. All I need to do is to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit as he gives. And so uh, when you ask about the role of the movement, and we see that the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. Um, in Acts chapter 2, they witnessed and, and, and we see 3,000 people came uh, to the Lord. The church was born. And as we move on, chapter, you know, chapter 3 of the book of Acts, chapter 4, we continue to see Holy Spirit being active uh, in the church and in the movements. So uh, I don't know whether I've answered your question well, but that's what I see. Uh, I, I, lead, I lead a very diverse movement. Some of them... Are started by church churches. Some of them are among the unreached. Some of them are uh, in the urbans. And these there are different groups and different experience with different tradition. Some are coming out of organized churches. Some are started among the unreached people groups. And when I observe the role of the Holy Spirit, there is the role of the Holy Spirit within all this because it's key. But yet their spiritual experiences are very different. And that is why I cannot say it has to be specific to this and to this and to this and to this. Holy Spirit gives gifts as He wants and He works when, op- when people open their lives for them. I, I have no problem with those speaks in tongues. Those, uh, go, it's, it's the gifting. Those who do not, there's no condemnation for it. But we encourage that we give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to work. And, and the gifts come from Him. And, and, and so we should receive all gifts that were given by the Holy Spirit. So this is, this is, this is, this is my experience. And um, 
I've been to, um, just to tell you that I've, uh, I've, uh, I've a Catholic priest who is leading a movement. That's very unusual. And, 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 and it's a long story on how they got into this. And now I train with them. And, 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 and I don't think the Holy Spirit is afraid of being working in a Catholic church as long as they open their hearts and their lives for them. And, and the Holy Spirit is not afraid of a church building. It's not afraid of liturgies. As long as the people open their hearts, even where liturgies are read as prayers, Holy Spirit can penetrate. He just finds obedient souls and people. And he knows what to do with them once they get to, to know the truth. Holy Spirit knows what to do with them. Sometimes we, have, we, we, we use a lot of pressure and people do that and don't do that and don't do that. I realize more than what I say, what Holy Spirit does in the lives of people is amazing. And, 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 and I ask the Holy Spirit to penetrate. Because sometimes when I start saying, don't do that, stop that, and stop that, rarely people listen to me. But when the Holy Spirit comes into their life and they allow, changes, you know, just changes takes place very fast. So that's why I pray, Holy Spirit, have your way in people's life and change, because he can do that. So for me, that's the, that's the, that's, that's the experience. Sometimes a church culture can lock down the experience of the Holy Spirit to one thing or another, but we see the Spirit working in a broad way. But also just reflecting on your comments, the Spirit is the driver of movement. The Spirit pushes us into mission, and the um, the Spirit is the one who who is the leader of the movement. And uh, yeah, just uh, we discover that as we become people of prayer and as we start to obey and start to move out into mission. So, yeah, that's really good. Ayla, as we look at the the formation of church, and you described in the first podcast the idea that um, some of the, the you, you had to do a major rethink on church. I wonder if you could help us jump into the movement concepts of New Testament church, and uh, what does that look like, and what, do, what are some of the things that we need to learn as we start to look at church and even practically speaking discovery bible studies becoming church what does that look like um and uh the uh yeah i wonder if we could just unpack that a little bit so the the idea of a church i uh, in the last podcast we tried to describe biblically uh, when I, I i talk about a church i i always love to go back to the scriptures so that we will understand from 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 the Bible about the church and, and in most how was it practiced um, in the book of Acts because that's where we see the church was born that's why where we see the church being practiced now in movement we started observing this when you use the word church so many things comes to people's mind buildings uh, forms uh, all kind of uh, different other structures, and uh, and so we we go to the basics to look at describe descriptions as uh, church being uh, the the gathering uh, or the fellowship of of believers, um, and uh, and 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 this is they come together to do the functions of the church, and that it's the functions that they do in a gathering that qualifies them or qualifies a gathering as a church. 
Because there are so many gatherings, there are political gatherings, people gather for parties and different things. We can't call it a church. There must be certain things that qualifies these groups or the gathering to become a church. And so if we call it the, the gathering of uh, believers, uh, baptized, baptism is actually one of the key things that initiates people into, into a church. But sometimes church would have people who are still you know, learning to be disciples because you disciple people into conversion. So some you still have in the meeting that are not yet baptized, but commonly at the point of baptism and, and gathering, you start seeing uh, the church formed or the church image. I use the word church image because today when people talk about church planting, they talk about gathering believers from other places to into a building and say that we've planted a church. I think the church imagine naturally when people start following Jesus and become disciples and start gathering to do the functions of the church. And now wh- why I say the functions of the church because the descriptions of a gathering of believers is what we see in Acts chapter 2.42. They committed themselves to certain things. It's a commitment, prayers, apostles, teaching, breaking of bread and fellowship. And, and we see that uh, as, as that function in Acts chapter 2.42 helps us understand. But later on, you also see in the writings of Paul in epistles, uh, mostly he referred to do corrections in the church through the functioning that they did, there, there are so many things because now our church is a community. And there are so many pictures that uh, Paul gave us what a church would be or, or in his writing to the family of God. Um, you know, he calls it the bride of Christ. And so those pictures of metaphors that uh, Paul gives to us definitely describes um, that this is a family, this is a, this is a bride, um uh and 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 so they were brought together coming from different families different background joined together as having Christ the head and this body becoming his parts i think Ephesians put it so well uh gives us uh, that kind of a, a description of a body that as a head and we are all parts which is more united but diverse um and uh, so in, in DMM context, we looked at the church as a gathering. Now, we are not talking so much of forms because forms can be different. A gathering in the urban can be very different in the gathering in the rural. The gathering among the nomadic tribes is very different from the gathering of urban people maybe gather in the golf course where a group of believers come together to do golfing but still do the, the church in the golf course. Because we do church, uh, we, we are the church. Um, and, 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 and so sometimes people, when they say we go to church, they think of a place, they think of a building, they think of, and, and, and the, the idea in the book of Acts about the church is we become the church. We are the church. And so what are those things that qualifies us and our gathering uh, to be a church? And so I have seen a church uh, or a gathering of believers, a church, which is in that case a church, meets in a house. 
um, a church that meets under the tree, a church that meets in the mall, a church that meets uh, on the train, a church that meets in the soccer pitch. All they do is they are following Jesus, but they are doing the functions of the church in those specific places by removing the forms. And some of the forms today become actually a stumbling block from people becoming a church and doing a church. And so sometimes it's so common in Africa when people say we don't have a church. They talk about that they don't have a building. And uh, some of this not having, not having a building has made them to think that when they have a building, that's when they become a church. Or that's what the church is. So this idea of thinking a church being a building, it's, it, it wasn't the scripture, it wasn't even there until the time of Constantine, when Christianity became an organized religion. And that's why my big argument, uh, as I look at the scriptures, even the disciples continued the movement of Jesus until it was organized under the Roman Empire, and uh, Christianity became a religion, took a form, created our structures, and uh, we have what we have today. And so taking ourselves back into the scriptures, the studies will help us to understand that the Church of Jesus Christ is a body that comes together to pray, to fellowship, to worship, uh, to support each other, and to witness, uh, to serve the community, and to, to witness to the world. And by that, we can describe a group as a church without caring what, you know, uh, where they meet and, and all the different things that people do when they meet. So for, for me to qualify a church, I will qualify it by functions, not by forms, not by, by other things. Yep. What's uh, what's a story that you have of something that that would help us picture this in in a different context? Well, um, I I went to train among one people groups. They are called Pokot people. Pokot people is on the border of Uganda and uh, Kenya, and so when I went there to 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 train, I was uh, I was in a training facility and. Uh, I had people come to the training. Uh, the, the, the few days that I was training, there's a young man who was a guard. And uh, I didn't know that he pretended that he was not listening to, to me. Uh, but he was always sitting around the window. And uh, he, kept on, he kept on listening to what I was saying. And then at the end of the three days of the training, he came to me and he told me, I've been listening what you've been saying for the last three days. Are they? Um, is it only for these people to go and do, or to go and obey what you told them, or even I can do it myself? Because I've been listening, and I want to take this one to my community. Well, I didn't even know that he was listening, so I said, "Yeah, sure. Jesus command is for all. Uh, the fact that you are not in the training, I didn't know that you're listening. Yes. So this guy went." The few things that he learned, the few steps that he learned, he went, he shared with the people in his village. And people started coming to his house. And, uh, and uh, you know, he, I, he came back, actually called one of our coordinators. <laughs> As he said, you know what, 
I went to my village. I did all those few things that uh, I had that man say, and now there's a group coming together in my house. They want to hear more of this. Please, people, come and do what you have to do. Oh, we told them all. We, was, we were amazed that with those simple things, obedience that he did, uh, people are gathering. So uh, we, we told him we will not send anybody to go and tell them, you come, we will train you on how to do it. And uh, <clears throat> a couple of years ago that uh, this man started a first group that now became a, a gathering of the churches a while ago. And, and that multiplied into four generations. It crossed from Kenya into Ethiopia, into Uganda. And, and, and the churches is thriving just because of, and, and they don't have a building. They meet, they meet in homes. Uh, I met the church of the, I met the church of the warriors, uh, who are hunting out in the field and I spend time with them. What we have in our midst when we gather together, it's the Word of God. And, and, and the Bible says in the, in the midst of this, because obedience is of the scriptures. So I've seen, uh, it took any kind of form, any place to meet, any time that they wanted to do a church. But in the midst of that, they were praying, they were looking at the scriptures, holding each other accountable on how they obey. And then they walk from there, knowing that they've talked to God, they have read, heard His voice through the scriptures, but now they want to go out and tell others about Him. So I, and I, I, I have seen that, and, and in, in, not just one time, many, many different times. The um, the idea of a discovery group which holds all those principles uh, there, moving to a church and uh, concept. You describe the importance of baptism and people. Uh, that that's kind of the the move from discovery to church. Um, do you want to just um, dive into that a little bit more for us of the the transition from a, a group of non-believers who are discovering God to now. They're, they're fulfilling the functions of the church as you described from Acts 2.42. Uh, how, does, how does that go? How do you get them across the line there with the, the baptismal concepts? So you, you see when, when, when you take through groups, you meet, the, you meet the personal piece, you start doing DBS with them, and then now you have a discovery group or uh, people are discovering God or and of course, discovering obedience, and they are obeying. They, they, the how you know the the group transition. Always, what is important in the cycle of disciple making is always the transition points that people keep it serious that they go through transition points. And uh, if you have many many movements or many groups stops at the DBS and they don't want they don't see the importance of transitioning it to church. It's a very intentional thing that when you have a DBS group the next thing is you want to see a church because that's an important part of a movement that we it, we, we, we are gathering as a church and, and multiplying and, and so that part of transition I had earlier said transitioning from a, a DBS group to a church is one is the indication is that people are being baptized and I said people are being baptized into the body as part of w- what is initiation. Baptism is a, 
is an initiation into something. And for me, it's the identity, picking the identity, getting to know that they've made. So that is one that uh, in this devious group or in this discovery group, now people are getting baptized. Secondly, uh, this group is start doing the functions of the church. Uh, it's not only just meeting and doing uh, devious group, uh, sorry, discovery groups, but they are doing the functions of the church where you have sacraments now, uh, administering sacraments. And so when you start, the groups start doing the functions of the church. Now, they are doing church. Now, the number doesn't matter because sometimes people talk about numbers. And, and I said, numbers varies. If you have a gathering of Muslim background believers, normally your average number is 15 to 16 because of the environment and the challenges that they have. Among the animists, normally we see it in uh, the average is 25 or 26 there, people. It goes from 26 to 200 even sometimes. Uh, but, you know, uh, from Jesus' words, we know that uh, he says, when two or three of you gathers in my name, um, I'll be present there. So if we go by Jesus' words, when we talk about church being the number, Jesus said two or three. But now for the support of the group, for the, we, we cannot just, you know, say two or three, but for us in the movement, we said uh, group comes together and uh, at least a number of families because of uh, there must be an average number that is able to do the functions of the church to support each other uh, as a community because it's it's also a community. You want to see a community of believers grow around there. So those two things like baptism, sacraments, uh, the development of inside leaders uh, of from from the DBS group, the emerging of uh, leaders from inside, when you see leaders start emerging, taking roles and responsibilities, all the functions that we see started happening, uh, taking the social needs of the, the group as in Acts chapter 6, you look at all those things, now you start functioning. Um, yeah, so so that's, that's kind of a very basic qualifier uh, of a DBS to a church for me, yep really helpful and just um from there obviously we don't see movement unless we see multiplication or replication um what are some of the keys for you in seeing discovery groups and churches multiply that you think are this is essential and crosses cultural boundaries in all contexts what are some of the essentials for multiplication the seeds of multiplication that we have to plant from the beginning so there are a few things that um, I, I, I looked as kind of some basic uh, DNS uh, that can help movements. Uh, one is the place of prayer. When people intentionally pray, I mean, we cannot stop talking about prayer because that is, um, that is totally dependency on God. It doesn't matter how much process that we've learned, how much do we... Uh, depend on God and the Holy Spirit. Uh, that is very key because 
many places where we see movement, we always see that intentionally people gather together to seek God's mind, to seek God's direction, and to listen to God on the process that they are about to take. That's one. Secondly, the importance of obedience. Uh, we call it uh, personal obedience. Individually, they are obeying, uh, or collectively as a group. If you obey, you always uh, not only obey, but you go out and share. You go out and do. Obedience is, is an active thing. It's not a passive thing. Uh, and, and so uh, obedience is very important. Discovery is another, uh, another one. People are discovering God. They are discovering so many things. They are in the scriptures. So you, you, you realize the place of uh, uh, disco- <coughs> discoveries um, are very important. In movement, I see that many movements that are deep up where people discover God or discover the word, things from the Word of God and they obey and, and, they, and they go out uh, and, and, and share. The, 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 the other thing I've, I've seen as a, a DNA in many places is the ordinary people. This is being done by all of us, uh, the priesthood of all believers, just ordinary fishermen, like what Jesus called tax collectors, uh, or, or maybe a Roman official like Cornelius, or other, other people, or, or a young boy. So the power of the ordinary people is so important that uh, uh, it's not some specific few professional clergies that to do this. This is what all of us who are called to do, and this is what all of us can do. And so the, 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 the ordinary people, um, and then the focus on uh, replication. Uh, it's so important that everything that we do must reproduce or replicate. Uh, if you don't replicate things, uh, I call it multiplications at all generational levels. Everything that you do ha- has to multiply. If it's not multiplying through generation, it's not a movement. You call something a movement when it multiplies and goes through a generation. So if you don't have a generation and you run around, uh, you have one generation in a very long line, that's not a movement. It's just one person running around and having so many groups rather than having a DNA of multiplication from day one so that it may multiply and multiply itself. Uh, so that is another thing. Replications uh, is, is uh, really uh, important uh, in, in that case. Uh, obviously, there are other, um, other, other things like, you know, uh, uh, people intentionally uh, building relationship with others. Uh, most of the places where people have started movement, they are very intentional. They look for opportunities to get connected, uh, whether it's compassion ministry, access ministries, or whether they just want to look for, even to creatively create something where they can engage with the people to start something. Uh, movement doesn't happen when we sit in the house and just think and pray about movement. Movement happens out there when we learn from being in the house, but we go out and engage with the community. So how are you going in intentionally to, to find an opportunity to connect with others? So those are some of the, uh, the, 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 the few things that, um, 
uh, I have learned. I just mentioned overhead some of those few things. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fantastic. And we'll probably spend some time unpacking some of those things in our teams as we start to really look at uh, some of those uh, key issues that you identified uh, for multiplication. Ayla, as we as we're coming to the finish of the podcast, um, you've travelled a lot in the West, and you've seen um, seen the, the the problems we're having in the West of seeing disciples multiplication happen. And um, uh, from from your point of view, what are some of the keys for us in the West to see movement happen in places like Europe and places like Australia? What, what's your perspective and some of the shifts that we need to make um, for us to see multiplication in the West? You know, in the West, people live as individuals than a community. Uh, yes, they live in a community, but uh, mm. it is so much individualistic. Um, and and so uh, uh, people say this works so well in Ruro, in Africa, and uh, India, and many other places because there is the idea of village, an idea of clan, an idea of a tribe. But in the in the West, uh, people live as nuclear families, small families, and and mind your own business type of uh, lifestyle, and uh, and I don't invade my space. I keep I protect my space. Now, one of the things that we have to do in movement in the West is always thinking. You either belong to a community or you create a community. And you have to find a way to do that, uh, which uh, many times I find myself not knowing. But I also realize that many people, even in the, in the, in the urban context or in the Western context, they have, they, they have a community, actually, that they don't know that they have a community. Uh, let me give you an example. Uh, everybody belongs to a tribe. You, you like soccer. In, you like doing, we, we call it maybe interest group or, 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 or parents of school children uh, uh, start meeting as, 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 as parents and get to know each other. Or the toddler mothers start creating a small community of toddlers because the kids come together and, and play together. So one of the challenges in the West is this community that uh, everybody says that they don't have. So my advice, my prayer is, can you belong, can you intentionally choose to belong to a community or to a group, to an interest group, and plant the gospel message in it? Uh, Biking group, there are so many bikers in the West. And they just love biking around. It's a, it's a huge group. And I always wonder, how do they stay together? They like biking together. They may not know each other, but bike around. They get to know each other by that. Can we bring the gospel into bikers? And then you do a discovery. You, you find a way of doing things. And so... Uh, that is um, uh, a very challenging thing, but to those people who are very intentional, now they start seeing things happen. So the West should uh, do that. Um, uh, something else also, I, I, I think that there is a need, uh, a change of, of how, we, how the, we think in the West. When you think about church, when you think about, we always think about 
you know, this huge corporate uh, thing uh, where you charge for you is like a company. Uh, it's run like a company. Uh, it, it has so many things, and 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 the younger generation in the West they don't think actually things that way. Uh, probably in the past we all think like you know when you think about church building fancy things and all those things. The church is a place to go to, to for so many people than the church being uh, uh, what we we are becoming by being together. So how do you redefine the church in the context of the West, where the idea of the church has been centuries around, and the examples of all this, now what we call as a monument of buildings that used to be called a church standing in the West, and inside it's empty. Then you realize the building is still there, but, you know, I said maybe the church is gathering in homes or somewhere, but the building is empty, you know, those kind of things. So how do we in the West redefine the word church? Maybe even the, using the word church may not be a good word again to use. Maybe you, that's why we started using words like gathering because to give it a, a new meaning to what we are doing, looking at the scriptures. Because if you say to the church, then everybody totally misunderstand what you mean. Um, uh, uh, it's not only becoming a church, but how do you do a church? It's, it's also uh, from the description, from what it looks like, to how you do it. Uh, all those things needs to be, to be for me, needs to be uh, redefined. So um, the, 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 the other parts of... Uh, uh, you know, my sharing in the West, what needs to be done, uh, what I've seen is that the the idea of simplicity is not there. Everything is uh, sometimes, because it is a world that people have to rationalize everything uh, to make sense. Uh, for me, faith sometimes... Uh, it's, it's, it seems like it doesn't make sense. I mean, Hebrews 11 tells us hoping for things. And, and yeah, it's very difficult to hope for things that is not yet there as, as Hebrews 11. And how many people, if you have to rationalize, if you have to you live in a, in a world that has to be, show us the evidence, we want to see, you know, Believing that this can happen sometimes stop people from even attempting it because it, there is already a belief that it is difficult to happen. And uh, <clears throat> yesterday I shared uh, with you about that. I had my own struggle, and 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 God told me that to get out of the way, and and so I had to, with all my experiences and with all all that I have done, I said, okay, God, I get out of the way. And, and you have your way. And so, how are you, how, the, how does the people in the West intentionally be willing to, to take the simplicity of what they are learning and start, start obeying, start doing? Uh, it, it's not how much that you know that matters. It is how much you do what you already know that matters. You, you learn, you learn by doing. Uh, many people want to learn and learn and learn. So they tell you, I know, I know, I know. 
the rabbinic way of Jesus teaching is so practical you know we know that you know it because you do it uh, it's not just so much of a knowledge uh, than a knowledge that is applied and it is being done it is practical it is lived out so the simplicity of of doing things uh, I think in the world that always rationalize everything and, and and they have to think through before they accept it or or even uh, sometimes I looked at the the, the, the critics uh, of movements uh, what they write and what they talk for me uh, they talk from the experiences of traditions uh, church traditions or probably uh, many books that has been written by so many people in different contexts that they write out of their experience of traditional church or traditional Christianity. But yet in the in the West, you know that there is no defense of any longer about a, a, a Christianity that is dwindling every day. Um, and, and, and probably it is time for the church, also the Christian in the West, to reflect why. We need to say, what did we miss? What did we lost? And why is it dwindling? Why is it not growing in, in, in postmodernism or in the post, look like a post-Christian community? Why is it looking? What does the next church look like? It should be looking different from what we used in the last century. So these are the things that they have to grapple with and, and walk through and struggle with so that they can establish their own answer. But I think going back to the scripture and start reading the scripture in a different perspective with the different eyes is very important. And of course the Holy Spirit is there and the Holy Spirit will guide and bring the truths up. So that's kind of my view on this. Just fantastic, Ayla. Just some wonderful reflections there. And um, uh, yeah, some deeply challenging ideas, but really agree with you on on so many of those points and uh, you began with the idea of what is community and for for many of us we have community but we don't see that we have community and we 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 need to look with fresh eyes into how we how the gospel is planted within social networks and can multiply so just wonderful what a what a refreshing time to to be discussing this with you Ayla and thank you so much for your precious time i know you've been uh, meeting with me at 6 a.m in the morning over there as we finish the podcast is there a word of encouragement that you can bring to those who are listening to this as uh, as they're walking out what it is to be a disciple to plant discovery groups to plant churches that multiply yeah uh, my encouragement uh, today is um, you know looking at what jesus said uh, after i spent three years with this, you know, ordinary people that choose to follow him from being tax collectors, fishermen. Jesus gave the commands in Matthew 28 and said, go and make disciples. And uh, one of the promises in that text in verse 20, it says, and I will be with you to the end of the age. The, the command that we received is the command to go and the command to learn obedience. But it's also the promise that I will be with you. That's, for me, very basic, but very important. We, we, 
we as we trust God for our movements in obedience because this is not what the church is telling us this is not what the mission organization is telling us this is what the Lord of the harvest himself is telling us then the, the question is what is our place and what is our role our one big place is availability are we available second are we obedient and and to be obedient to me is that God is the one to do the work but he wants our obedience God, for movement God uses people to catalyze to start launch catalyze and multiply movements but obedient people so I have seen movement in many contexts um, Islamic context animist context in urban context and even outside the context of Africa and and always it reminds me it's an act of God through the obedience of the disciple makers ordinary people I've seen people unschooled I've trained a lady that cannot read and write that leads a huge movement and a big team that informs me is an act of God and so my encouragement is keep on learning keep on obeying and keep on doing even when you don't want to do it do it why those simple obedience simple things that you do every day the relationship that you go out and make the 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 persons of peace that you go looking for them always takes you one step towards movements and so do not despise when god gives you look relationship uh, grow it um, and, and so my my real encouragement is keep on trusting god for movement stay be consistent stay in the game and trust god that he will going he's going to bring about movement do all the necessary steps and and all the things that you've learned in terms of movement to be doing do those things but trust god to cause movement through you know the obedience of a disciple maker <laughs>